Good morning, everyone. It's Sports Decaf. It's your co-host, Tariq Abdullah. It's the man, Tariq Fatul. It's a Wednesday morning, 10 a.m. It's the man of the hour. And the story of the day, Markel Fultz. So now we know his initial diagnosis was wrong. So now we have the real diagnosis, which is thoracic outlet syndrome, which is, in his case, is the compression of his nerves. And if those of you who don't know the thoracic outlet area, it's it's the area where the clavicle is up until the uh, upper rib. So what thoracic outlet syndrome is, for those of you who don't know, you know, we did our research this morning. It's, uh, it's whenever your nerves are compressed, and as you see with Markel Fultz, it can also lead to fatigue or weakness in your hand. So that's why, you know, his init- his new free throw form, he, you know, wobbles his hands around. So he actually seen 10 specialists until he got the actual diagnosis. That's just crazy. But we're looking at a three to six week recovery. And I mean, hopefully after, you know, physical therapy, you know, maybe we get the we can get that Markel Fultz back, that number one pick. I mean, my question is like, what? How did that slip by Philly? How did Philly Philly's medical staff not see that? I mean, if you're gonna constantly run tests on this guy, he's always you know in the training room. He's always working out, doing. We all knew the, the, that there was something wrong with the shoulder. So if they're constantly working on his shoulder, doing uh, MRIs, doing all this stuff, and then. They just let this whole diagnosis slip out of their hands. I mean, even with the specialist, you said he's seen 11 specialists, and then mm-hmm. this one, they finally diagnosed what was wrong with them. That's just ridiculous. I'm just I'm just wondering, like, how does that slip past a professional organization? That's just unprofessional. I mean, that's ridiculous. In other hands, I think hopefully if the diagnosis is true, mm-hmm. hopefully we can finally see Markel Fultz back to where he should be. I mean – he is a number one pick. You don't get drafted number one for no reason, especially in that deep draft class. Yeah. That that draft class is super deep. And for you to be the number one pick, there has to be a reason why. I mean, Philly, they saw Markel Fultz's workout before, and they they traded they traded up, gave away their pick and this year's pick as well, just for him. So, I mean, obviously they, there's some talent in the guy. Yeah, so, definitely. I mean, it's not – it's not like his game has gone away. It's just the guy just simply can't shoot. I mean, he's averaging, what, like five rebounds, four assists a game? It's not too bad for a guy who gets, what, 20 minutes a game, you know, s- sits out five games in a row, you know, gets another game in. I mean, hopefully, you know, from the diagnosis, you know, they gave him, he. I mean, he should be good to go after, you know, about, I'd say, six to eight weeks, you know, work on his shot after that. But there was an article I saw. It was on a doctor who uh, who diagnoses a lot of like athletes with uh, thoracic outlet syndrome. He's like a he specializes in it, and he said he's never in his career had to diagnose an NBA player. So I guess the whole thing was like they they probably didn't think it would it could be a possibility. You know, I mean they saw ten specialists, so I mean they they probably were just you know ruling out that diagnosis. What's more impressive to me is that he still averaged almost 10 points a game with that with that disease going on yeah. in the shoulder. I mean, you got to think about it. If someone can barely be able to shoot, and at first we, we thought that it was, you know, mental problems. But, I mean, mm-hmm. to an extent it is, but 
now we know that there's something wrong with his shoulder. So whenever he was at the free throw line, he had that little hitch in his shot. Mm-hmm. We thought that, okay, maybe this guy has like a mental block going on with himself. I mean, no, he just had a whole had a whole disease going on, you know, in his shoulder. And it's just so impressive, actually, to see that he's averaging close to 10 points a game with a disability. I mean, yeah. that's crazy to me. I mean, just imagine him without it. I mean, I mean the guy put up 15, 18 a game. He's a freakish athlete. I mean, what's ridiculous is it took a year and a half. I mean, a lot could have gone wrong. Like, what if he developed other, you know, other issues? I mean, he could have had a mental breakdown. I mean, the guy, the guy, I mean, he goes, he goes to, you know, all these specialists. And, you know, they're saying, oh, you know, there's just nothing wrong. You know, this, that. You don't need surgery. You don't. I mean, the guy's probably. But he sit- knows that there's something wrong. Yeah. Too. Like, he's like, no, I, I can feel something. Like, you're, you're a 20-year-old kid. All right, he's still a kid. Seeking help. And you're getting no help. Imagine waking up every day, playing the game you love. You know, you can't even shoot right. And you just, you think it's on you. Like, you don't know why you can't shoot no more. And then you got the pressure of the media saying you're a bust. You got other players, you know, disrespecting you. Mm -hmm. You got football players imitating your free throw routine. Yeah. I mean. He's became an internet meme. He's become disrespected by his own organization. You know, it, it's just, it's sad to see how how things turned out. You know, Philly, we're going to, you know, move in the future without him. I mean, that's, I mean, that's all on them. Their doctors are not doing the right job. They're not giving them the right help. I mean, even if it's not on your doctors, it's on your organization, you know, to find a way, you know, what's wrong with our number one player. Yeah. Not to just, you know, throw him away. I mean, they... They didn't show no love to the guy like they did with Embiid or, you know. Ben but I mean, Simmons. to be fair, Embiid's injury was like, okay, hey, you got a foot injury. Mm-hmm. We're gonna give you a few years to recover, but that's it. Marco Fultz was way more complex. I mean, the guy had something wrong with his shoulder that he had to see ten specialists, and then they couldn't even diagnose what was wrong with him. So to an extent, I don't blame Philly's organization, but I actually, it's hard to like. I blame them, obviously, because man, you can't let this slide. Yeah. But to an extent, it's like, man, you just saw ten specialists, ten. Like, think about it. These guys have doctoral degrees, like, and they still didn't recognize what was wrong. To an extent, like, both sides are wrong, but I don't want to put all the blame on Philly. But it is still, it's still ridiculous on how that, how they let that pass, though. I mean, I mean, I don't know. I just, I feel like it's on them. I mean, the guy's still a 20 year old kid. He had no, no injuries his whole career. I mean, he just wakes up one day, you know. He has a muscle imbalance in his I think, left arm. I think it's just, just it's, it's hard it's hard for Philly because on one hand you see someone like Jason Tatum mm-hmm. balling out and you know in Boston and that's who they potentially could have got. You or they see someone like Kyle Kuzma balling out in, in LA. I mean, you see someone like Laurie Markin it's just kind of depressing as maybe a 76ers fan or even like a GM to see all these guys that you passed up on and I mean, you had the number one pick. You had any choice in the draft, and Mm -hmm. it just sucks that, in a way, they made the wrong choice. In in a way. I mean, if Markel Fultz comes back to himself in these next three to six weeks, I mean, then, you know, thank God that they they chose the right person. You know what I mean? But if he doesn't, man, they they missed out. I mean. Yeah, we we all know if Markel Fultz comes the way that athlete we saw coming out of Washington – it definitely number one pick. I mean, the guy is his court vision, 
his versatility. I mean, his lateral quickness. The guy does it all. Like he's a, he's a hooper, man. He was a forty percent three point shooter as well. Yeah, like his shot was. He maybe had a perfect form in college. Like there was nothing wrong with his shot. Nothing wrong with his game. He had he had no errors. Just his only error was how is he going to adapt to the NBA. I mean, personally, I think if he comes back as we expect him to come back, mm-hmm. I see Philly being a top-two team in the East. I mean, oh, yeah. If we can just get a Markel Fultz, you know, pulling 16, 17 a game, I mean, we know he's going to give you that defense. We know he's going to get rebounds. You know, we know he's going to play hard. But this Philly team is defensively, they're starting five. That's lockdown. I mean, you've got Jimmy Butler, all-NBA second team on defense. You've got Ben Simmons, an elite defender. You got Joel Embiid, you know, future defensive player of the year. And then you add Markel Fultz into that lineup. That's that's gonna be something to watch. Yeah. I mean, it's just disappointing to like to mm-hmm. see that whole thing, you know, playing out. But I mean, speaking speaking of disappointing as well though, I mean, I got a question. Yeah. What's the most disappointing team in the NBA so far? It's a tough one. But I'm gonna have to go with the New Orleans Pelicans. I mean, they've, they just don't seem, they don't seem to take that big step. And what I think is, I mean, you've got, you've got Anthony Davis averaging 28 and 13 a game. You've got Julius Randle, he's giving you 18 and 9. Mirtich giving you 19 and 10. And you have Drew Holiday playing as a, I mean, right now he's playing like a top five point guard. I'm not saying he's top five. I mean, the guy's balling out this season. Did you say he's playing like a top five he's playing, point guard? He's no, he's not. 20 points and nine assists, and he's giving you just under five rebounds a game. All all point guards in the top five are giving you more than that. He's, he's not top five. I mean, but his, his efficiency. I'll, I, I'll keep going. Keep I'm going. not saying he's top five. I'm saying he's playing as if he's playing like a top five point guard. I mean, it's just – and you've got – let's just keep in mind, each one more is giving you almost 15 a game, and the team is just below average – you know, they're allowing the third most points per game at 116. And the two teams under them is Washington and Atlanta. And we've seen that team. Those two teams are just horrible this season. I mean, you've got arguably a top five player in the NBA as of right now. Maybe top three, some can argue. And, I mean, a future number one guy in the league. And he has pieces around him. So, I mean, do do we look at coaching? You know, that's Alvin Gen- I th- Gentry. I, th- I, think we, I think we look we – de- we definitely got to look at that bench unit. I mean – uh, New Orleans has never been a team mm-hmm. to have much depth. That's why I like my prediction. You know, early on the season, I predicted them to go to the playoffs, but I, they're just a team that I don't I, I don't ever expect to make noise in the playoffs. I mean, I was even surprised that they swept the Blazers last year, but that team is they they they're miss they're missing a few key bench players, and mm-hmm. that's the, that's their issue. But for me personally, I think the biz, the, the biggest disappointment of, of the NBA season so far is actually the Celtics. I mean. You got a team with Kyrie, Jalen Brown, Gordon Hayward, Jason Tatum, and Al Horford. Mm-hmm. And then you have two killers on the bench. I mean, you got Terry Rozier and Marcus Smart. I mean, and you guys are only 13 and 10. You're six in the East. And we're talking about this team being a top two team in the East right now. Right now, they're not top two in the East. The way they're playing is is horrible. I mean, you got... On one hand, you got Jalen Brown. He's having a horrible season. He's playing. He's only averaging 11 points. He's shooting 39% from the field, 
and he's shooting 25% from the three. Those are both career lows. I mean, we're all waiting for Gordon Hayward to come back. I mean, I'm, we know that like last week, I think he had uh, 30, point, 30 points, 9 rebounds, and 8 assists in one game. But we're just waiting for this team to come along. Right now, they're the biggest disappointment because we didn't expect them to be this bad. We expected I mean, them to be, right now, top three in the East at least. I, I think it's still early. I mean, because we saw last year, they lost Kyrie, they lost Gordon Hayward. Come playoff time, you know, everyone's like, oh, this team's out first round. I mean, they, they beat Philly. And, you know, they, I mean, they this take is, LeBron to seven games. This is the biggest disappointment so far. So far, they're the, in my opinion, they're the biggest disappointment. Right now in the NBA season, I mean, you don't expect a team with potentially five All-Stars. I think they just to have be, too – sometimes you have too much All-Stars. Yeah, I, I think that's, that they, might be the problem. They've got to trade, you know, I mean – The thing about uh, – They've got to trade one, about of, one of their Ainge, guys. Danny Ainge has so many pieces and so many assets that he can give. Mm-hmm. I mean – this might be the year that he, you know, lets some of them go. I mean, he has so many picks. He has Sacramento's pick. Um, I, he might have Brooklyn's pick. I, I'm, I doubt that, but he, I know he has, he has a, a lot of picks going on. He has a lot. His team is super de- uh, deep. You got someone like Marcus Smart, Terry Rozier. I can see them trading someone like Jalen Brown as well. I mean, oh, they're that's gonna, a possibility. They're gonna try to make a run. For someone like Anthony Davis, that like that you were saying, I could see maybe a Jalen Brown, Al Horford. For Anthony Davis, you'd have to give up more. Pelicans are not going to just give up Jalen Brown and, and Al Horford. They're going to ask for another player and, and then a pick as well. Maybe even the Terry Rozier they might throw. In yeah, there. I think that'd be that'd be fair enough. Yeah, maybe you know you if, get if, if for both sides you get think, Alfred Payton and Anthony Davis. I mean, no, I don't. I, I, don't I think see, Alfred Payton's too much as well. I think Alfred for the Payton, pe- for the Pelicans, I see them giving away someone that's just. Think Stocked up deep in the bench yeah. that they're just going to let him go just to, you know, make the salary cap even on both sides. But that that if, if they do make that trade, Celt- I mean, Celtics got to be best, possibly best team. In the oh, NBA. yeah. If you add Alfred Payton, I mean, the guy, the guy can defend. The guy can get triple doubles. We've seen that. It's just I, I think he just hasn't like he hasn't took that step yet. Yeah. If, I, if I'm the Celtics, I don't. I got two players I'm not trading. It's Kyrie It's Kyrie and Jason Tatum. Yeah. Those are off limits. And, I mean, no one's going to want Gordon Hayward's contract right now because he's, you know, he's, I think, projected to make 130, 130 mil. I mean, no one no one wants that right now. Yeah. And so those those two are, I think, for, for me personally, those three are just off limits. I mean, Gordon Hayward, no one's going to want that contract. Kyrie, he's a top five point guard in the NBA. Jason Tatum, you know, he's he's going to end up being a top 10 player, top 15 player in the league real soon. I mean, it's just it's just disappointing to see, you know, how bad the Celtics have been. You look at a coach like, you know, Brad Stevens, what I thought was like, man, this guy is like invincible. This guy is such a genius when yeah. it comes to coaching. I mean, how could anything go wrong with Coach Stevens? No, there's something going on like right now, and he has to fix that. I'm not saying he has to get the boot. I'm not saying he has to get fired, but – you got to find the problem. And, I mean, I know the biggest problem is getting Gordon Hayward involved right now, but it's also seeing, man, sometimes you just have too much talent. Yeah, I, I think that that's his issue. I mean, I think he came in because last year, you know, we didn't really get to see Gordon Hayward, Kyrie, you know. We didn't get to see him all together. Now you have Gordon Hayward, I mean, you have to give him his minutes. You got Kyrie, you have to give him his minutes. And you've got Al Horford, I mean, he's their only center who really poses a threat. You know, Aaron Baines gets, you know, about 10, 15 a game. I mean, you've, 
you've got Jason Tatum who who must you know improve you know so you have there's all those guys you have to give them their minutes so I think he's just trying to find a way to balance it so that everyone on the team is happy because we all know you have a guy like Jalen Brown uh, Jason Tatum you know all those guys if if they're getting 15 minutes a game they're going to be unhappy in Boston they're going to want to trade. I mean, Boston doesn't want that team to Not collapse. Not even the minutes, I think. I think it's so. more about like the shot taking and everything as well. Yeah. I mean, someone like Jason Tatum should be taking at least twelve to thirteen shots a game. Someone Kyrie, someone like Kyrie is going to be taking fifteen to sixteen shots mm-hmm. a game. Al Horford's going to have to get his ten plus shots. I mean, Gordon Hayward, he just came from being the man at Utah, taking yeah. fifteen shots a game. Now he's going to have to take his fifteen shots a game. There's just not enough shots not enough for, shots everyone. for everyone. I mean, and I'm not saying that you know. These guys can't score. That's not that's not the problem. You saw Jason Tatum in the playoffs. I mean, Jalen Brown can score. I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's just this whole this whole predicament with the Celtics is. Hey, who are we going to prioritize? They have to understand. Okay, who is going to be the the face of our franchise? Is it going to be Kyrie or is it going to be Jason Tatum or are we going to have it as Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown? What are we going to be doing? I think that's that's one of the main issues as well. I mean, you got to understand. Okay, who's our who's our Two or three guys that we're gonna stick with no matter what. That's really it. I think, I think it's time to pull pull the plug and make that Anthony Davis trade. You've you've That's got just up to the Pelicans. I, I know the Pelicans are gonna ask for a lot. Like this might. I mean, be, I don't blame them. Yeah, yeah, I don't blame yeah. them either. But I think if if Boston pulls out and Anthony Davis trades, gonna be one of the biggest trades in history. But I think either way, the Pelicans lose the trade. I don't, I don't care it who depends. you get, you it lose depends. the trade because. You never know, because if Jalen Brown ends up averaging 20 in New Orleans, and I mean, I don't want to say that they lost a trade. but Oh, Jalen Brown's a baller. Yeah. But I'm just saying, the talent-wise, I don't think you can you can get a guy who can... I don't know, because think about it. I mean, we know that if Terry Rozier ends up leaving Boston, he's going to blossom. He's going to end up being... A, he, has he's gonna, some, he has some struggles here and there. I mean, he the guy the guy has his slumps. I mean, I've just, I haven't seen enough consistency around well, him. Well, I mean, he is a bench player come... Yeah. Playing, you know, I mean, if you saw him in the playoffs last year, I mean, there's a reason why we call him Scary Terry. The guy was averaging, yeah. you know, close like close to 17 in the playoffs. I, I mean, mean, when it really mattered, game sixes and seven, he he didn't show. He was nowhere to be found. I mean, he had a shooting slump. Hey, he's young. I mean, what is it, his second or third year? You gotta let that go. I mean, you saw LeBron in the finals. He he didn't show up at all. But what I'm trying to get to is that I think if Terry Rozier ended up being with a team like Phoenix, a team, you know, or like or with New Orleans, if he had Jalen Brown and Al, Hor- mm-hmm. and Al Horford with him, that he'd end up blossoming. He'd end up having the opportunity to, like, shoot a lot, you know, to be the point guard of an offense. I mean, we saw that last year. He showed glimpses of, hey, this guy could be a starting point guard in the league. Yeah. That's why there was discussions during the offseason, like, hey, are we going to keep Terry Rozier? I mean, this guy's going to be really good when he, when he ends up, you know, getting older. So, I don't know. I, I mean, mean, he definitely has potential. I mean, he, sh- he shouldn't be – benched on any team in the league. Yeah. This guy is a uh, unless fun. unless unless the starting point guard is uh, yeah, you know, unless you're starting five. point guards Kyrie Irving or yeah. you know Westbrook Curry. Yeah. But other than that, the guy can start in 20 other franchises without a doubt. So trade deadline is February just after the All-Star, right? If I'm not mistaken. It's around that time, yeah. yeah. So what team do you feel has to make the biggest trade? The biggest trade or the most the like, most impactful? Who's trade? in need of a trade? Who's in need of a trade is Houston Rockets, no doubt about it. I mean, 
and I and I know who they need to get. They need to get back Trevor Ariza. There's been multiple reports saying, hey, Trevor Ariza is going to be available. I mean, he he is going to be available on December fifteenth. Mm-hmm. That's when his uh, you know, that's when he's eligible to be traded. And he's already considered to be one of the top players to be traded soon. Oh, uh, yeah, they definitely need him back. If Houston gets back Trevor Ariza, I mean, they're going to they're gonna end up being the same Rockets from last year. They might be a little worse because they don't have Luke and Mute, But, I mean, they're going to have that key defensive stopper, a 3 and D player, someone that could do it on both ends of the floor. It's a perfect fit. That's, that's who they got to get. I'm not saying they got to trade someone like P.J. Tucker. I mean, if I'm, if I'm Houston, I'm going to try to trade someone like James Ennis, throw in a pick. Try to get something I can for for Trevor Ariza again. I mean, he's only here for one year. He's only on a one-year $15 million contract. They're going to have to try to resign him too. He's a, he's the key to Houston's success. I mean, we know that, okay, James Harden, he's going to give you that 30 points a game per night. Chris Paul, he's steadily declining. His years are his years are running up. This guy's 34, 33 with the injury history. It's win now. I mean, it's win now. Honestly, you're right. It's, it is win now. That's why you got to get someone like Trevor Ariza. You got to pull the plug and make these trades. Mm-hmm. That's who I think they got to get. I mean, Trevor Reese is the key to that to the uh, success of that team. I think uh, who who also needs to make a big trade is the Miami Heat. Whiteside's got to go. I mean, he's not happy there. They're not happy with him. You know, both sides they're just not coming to any conclusion. I mean, he left. What was it last night's game with a minute left in the fourth? He just left, walked out. I mean, we've seen there's games where they're given seven minutes of playing time. You know, twelve minutes, fifteen minutes. I mean, he's he's a he's a top defensive center in this league. I mean, he's had what a nine block game this year. I mean, I don't know why the guy's getting you know, you know, diminished playing time. You know, small role. I mean, the guy's got to go. I mean, he he can make an impact anywhere else. But Miami, I think it's time. You know, you just you trade him. I mean, you free up cap space. You know, you get rid of a guy you don't need. You can get also, you know, a big piece out of it. It's time you let it go. So if Hassan Whiteside gets traded, who do you think that, who do you think Miami can get for him? What do you think his value is at right now? I mean, it just depends where he goes. I mean, I I feel like they can get a star for him, or maybe maybe a star in the making. You know, a couple role players. But I mean, they their their whole main focus is to develop Bam Adebayo. I mean, we've seen potential. We've seen sparks out of that guy. I mean, he's athletic, six foot ten. I mean, so that's that's their main future right now. I mean, personally, I think if Hassan, I think this is a Hassan White Hassan Whiteside problem. I think um, if you're getting outplayed, you're just getting outplayed. Mm-hmm. I mean, we saw we saw a few years ago this guy was getting all the playing time in the world. He got the major contract that he wanted. He was averaging double digits, leading the league, I think, in blocks as well. Right now, I think he's just content. You saw in the playoffs, he wasn't that. Every time he came in, he wasn't really doing much. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was just, I was watching the uh, the Heat versus Philly series. I mean, whenever he set screens, he didn't roll effectively. He seemed like he was out out of the out of the game. He didn't seem really in tune with everything that was going on. I'm, it's I think I think he needs a change of scenery as well. You're right. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like sometimes his effort and his heart is just not there. Someone like Bam Adebayo, though, I mean, he's playing hard on a nightly. I mean, he's playing hard on a night on a nightly basis. He's only his second year in the league. I mean, sometimes I, it's I think it's just a it's a Hassan Whiteside problem. It's, I think the issue is we've seen like when guys go from you know, 
a small amount a year. I mean, Hassan Whiteside was one like 500k contract. I mean, something really small. And then he just bouncing in and out of teams. Just gets yeah, just gets a max contract, 20 plus, and he stops playing hard. Andrew Wiggins gets a max contract, stops playing. I mean, it's come to a point where where like they're just they're just throwing big big amounts at the wrong guys. I yeah, mean, as an organization, you got to know you got to know who's a max player and who's yeah. not. I mean, no disrespect to Andrew Wiggins and to, to Hassan Whiteside, but I mean, there's no reason why any team should have their highest player, highest paid player, as Hassan Whiteside. Yeah, he's a third best player on a championship team at best. I mean, if you're gonna have a championship team, you're gonna want two stars and then someone like Hassan Whiteside. I mean, he's definitely a star. He's definitely he, he I don't he, think he's a star personally. I think I, I think, think the game def- his his skill level. I mean, what's, he, what's his skill I level? think it's just his maturity. Cuz his skill level is I mean, basically he, like Clint Capella. I mean, if you look at it, his the NBA is changing and he's getting left in the dust. I mean, what, I mean we've seen the guy He's 20, just a traditional big man. He's had 20 points, 20 is, rebounds. Is he is he a top 5 center in your opinion cuz I don't no. think he is. But I mean, I feel like if he gets his mind right, you know, he matures a little bit more. I mean, the guy is just his maturity level is just not there. I think if he matures, I mean, we've seen the guy's got what a nine block game. He had like twenty points. It's it's all in his twenty effort. rebounds. It's all in his effort. He just he just doesn't just doesn't play as if he's worth that twenty plus. In that Philly versus uh, Miami series, I mean, I was watching the series, and this guy would not. He would every time he set screens, it just seemed like he like like he was intimidated by something. He doesn't want to be there. I don't. I don't know. I don't if he, think he wants he, to be there. To be fair, he had the choice of staying with Miami, or he could have went to Dallas, or he could have went to anywhere else. He he chose he chose Miami. This is. I think this is all his his own problem. Miami is not the type of organization to punish someone without reason. You know what I mean? If if you're not playing up to your standards, you're not playing up to your contract. Yeah. That you're gonna get benched. That's what I like about Miami. They have a lot of hard nosed guys like James Johnson. You got Roddy Magruder. You got. A bunch of guys like Goran Josh, Dragic. Goran Dragic, Josh Richardson. I mean, you got a lot of players that hey, they come, they came up from nothing. These guys are here to play. That's why Miami is almost, almost and always probably a top ten, top fifth. You know, on the upper half of the defensive end yeah. when it comes to teams in the league. I think it's all it's all his his maturity level. I don't think he's matured. You know, I don't think he's adapted to you know that big contract. I mean, we've seen players they they just simply can't adapt to contracts. They get that big money. You know, they don't hit the offseason as hard as they should. And you got Andrew Wiggins. He's dropped 52, you know, maybe two years back. I mean, the guy's shooting 38% from the field right now. He's just playing awful. And I think that's a big reason why Jimmy Butler left. And I think we see it right now. I mean, that I don't think it was Carl Anthony Towns. I mean, he's still balling out. Got He got his payday. The main issue is Andrew Wiggins. The, the team has invested so much into the guy, and he just hasn't produced. So, yeah. I mean. I mean, you're right. Jimmy Butler even said, he said, hey, Andrew Wiggins is the most talented player ex- out of all of us. I mean, he said Carl Anthony Towns is probably the best one out of all mm-hmm. of us, but Andrew Wiggins has the most talent. He and should it's frustrating, be the best. Yeah. He said, it's frustrating to see someone that has that much talent. He has that much skill, and he's just not playing up to it. Rookie it, of the year. Number one draft pick. I mean, and he's healthy. The sky, the sky is the limit for this kid. But I think as an organization, Minnesota just gave him a contract way too early. 
Wait, with contract he didn't. That's what organizations earn. need to understand. They need to. Not everyone's a max player. Not everyone deserves the hundred million dollar contract. It's just gonna have to come down to that. Mm-hmm. You're never gonna win a title if you have someone such as Andrew Wiggins, who's a who's an, he's an above average player, but he's nothing special. I mean, he could be a star, but is he? Probably not. I yeah, mean, he's. He doesn't deserve that type of contract. And as an organization, you're never going to win anything if you have that type of contract with that type of player. Yeah. Never. I mean, it's just – I think they should set more requirements on who deserves a max. I mean, we have requirements on the super max. But now we should put, you know, some strict requirements on who actually deserves a max contract. Because that guy is just – What do you think the requirements should be for a max? I mean, who knows? I mean, I – I mean, it's got to be some to where I, I, you I would know. Think, I would think it would be like a, maybe a an All NBA, you know, second team, third team, and then you should be. But I mean, that's the super max. You just have to make an All NBA. Oh, team. That, that's a, okay. Yeah. I thought the super max was just an All NBA first team. But you're probably. I right. think it's just an All NBA team. Yeah. Because I don't think I don't uh, know Paul maybe, George. Maybe I don't know. I don't think Paul George made the All NBA first team last season. Yeah, he didn't get a super max. Yeah. But, I mean, it seemed like it was a super max. The man got like a hundred and forty mil. Four I think uh, wait, he, he, I think he did get the super Paul George. I'm I'm not sure. I think but he got the supermax. I'm I don't know because those supermaxes end up going to 200 mil. So maybe he just got a max max contract. I don't you know. never know. I mean, could be wrong. The way the salary cap is nowadays, you, I don't know what the difference is between a max and a supermax. This yeah. is a bunch of money. And at the end of the day, I mean, it's hey, I'll take either. <laughs> I'll take a veteran's minimum. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> either works for me. Speaking of vets. How about the biggest how how about the performance of Philip Rivers? I mean because if I'm going to choose my NFL my sleeping team right now, it is the Los Angeles Chargers. I argue with you. Philip Rivers has been under under a shadow for some time. And that's just been by his team's performance, but now he's got a team. I mean, he's got Keenan Allen, you know, playing, you know, top 10 receiver in the league and the biggest key to that team right now is their defense. They've got Joey Bosa. I mean, we're talking about Aaron Donald. Baller. In a few years, we're going to be talking about Joey Bosa. I mean, since he's came back, that defense is just wild. That guy is just a defensive machine. He throws guys. I mean, he's got versatility, you know, spin moves. That guy was definitely worth worth every pick. And then his brother's coming up in the draft, Nick Bosa, projected first pick in the draft. I mean, that family just got some good genes. But the big, big guy I want to talk about is that guy, Darwin James, out of Florida State, defensive back. He's got three and a half sacks, three interceptions, and I think 81 tackles for the year. I mean, that guy's balling out. There was a play against the Steelers. Lines up for a... What was it? A blitz. So you know he's a safety out of position. Tight ends at the opposite side of the line. Fakes the blitz, runs out on coverage, gets the interception. Ben Roethlisberger didn't even see him. He threw like a little, you know, a flick pass in the air. You know, everyone looked at it like, okay, it, that's that's touchdown. Darwin, Darwin James comes out of nowhere, picks it off, you know, runs it for like 40 yards. I mean, the team is 9-3. and three. They've got losses to the Chiefs, mm-hmm. got losses to the Rams, and they lost by a point to the Broncos. Yeah. So, 
obviously this team is is the real deal. If you, I mean, you lost to the Chiefs and the Rams, and you lose by a point to the Broncos. That just shows, hey, this team is competitive. They beat the Steelers. They're top ten in rush yards. They're top ten in points. They're top ten in yards per game, and they're top ten in pass yards. I mean, Philip Rivers, he's has he has twenty eight touchdowns and, and only six interceptions. Yeah. This guy's having a great year. Keenan Allen, he has a thousand plus yards. I mean, Melvin Gordon, he's giving you five and a half yards per game. And that, per that's, carry, I mean, that's the key. If Melvin Gordon stays healthy. Yeah, this team's a playoff threat. Yeah, the team's loaded. I yeah. mean, I see them making, um, you know, a potential AFC championship game. You never know, but that team's nothing to wreck with. I mean, we we know team. We know about the teams like the Rams. We know mm-hmm. about the Chiefs. We know about the Saints. We know about the Patriots, but no one's really talking about the Chargers. Mm-mm. That's why I think that. That's why I agree with you. They're they're our sleeper. I mean, they're they're you never they're know big sleeper. I mean, just like you said. The three games they lost were by points. It, was, it wasn't a big margin. It was like, you know, two, three points. They're 12-0 and 0 if they can just make that one other play. And with this team, what, what's different about them is that they have a good, they have a good bond. I mean, we saw uh, Phillip Rivers post game. You know, he's like, it's not me. It's, it's Darwin James' play he made. It's, you know, Joey Bosa's attack. It's, you know... Keenan Allen's, you know, perform. It, it's every guy on the team. And, you know, that that's a good thing to have, you know, as a quarterback. You know, you're the leader of the team, but you're giving credit to every single guy, you know, who's on that field. And that that's just good leadership, you know. Shows that you're humble as well. Shows, you know, veteran, you know, leadership, you know, good quarterback, just better person. I and, mean. And this team is just, you know. They they beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, people are like, uh, I saw. They also beat pe- the Seahawks. As yeah, well. people are like, you know, the Steelers are going through a struggle. No, this team game came back from sixteen down. They just played a wonderful game. That that was Steelers' game to win. But the big play of the game was that interception from Darwin James that just turned things around. I mean, Steelers score that they're up twenty plus. So you know, it's just big plays, big moments. Yeah, I mean, you know, every man stepped up. I mean, now that now that Kareem Hunt's out of the league, I mean, there's a there's a, a a tight window for the Chargers, you know, to possibly end up being better than the Chiefs. They're playing them December thirteenth. I mean, that's gonna be a matchup. That, that that's gonna be a good game. Chiefs, you know, they're missing Kareem Hunt. That's obviously one of their most explosive players. I mean, Chargers, they're gonna have to uh, try to take advantage of that. I mean, it's just it's up, you know, you never know about football. Mm-hmm. You never know about football. That's just the thing. I mean, they're, they're hands down the biggest sleeper. I thought it was the Bears, but after that loss to the Giants, I don't know what's going on with the Bears right now. I mean, they've just lost. They're, first of all, their schedule is relatively easy compared to other teams. And then a loss to the Giants, I just I, I couldn't have them as my, as my biggest sleeper. Yeah, the, the Bears defensively, that team is complete. I think if they go into the offseason, you know, draft – Draft a few weapons on offense, that team can be something to watch for next season. But just offensively, I mean, de- defense is doing all the work for them, and, you know, offense just finishes plays. But overall, I mean, that offense can't really get going. You know, they've, they've had a few flashes this season where, you know, Trubisky, you know, had phenomenal games. But then there's games where it's like, like what, what, what are we seeing? This offense is horrible. 
But then you see flashes where you're just like, I don't know. I don't know if they're good or bad. So he's just heading down the line. We'll have to see what happens with that team. But if you're watching football, you better start looking at them L.A. Chargers. They're nothing to be played with right now. Yeah, I mean, that's all I got to say. I think I think that's it, man. You know, sports decaf. You know, we wish out. we wish we could stay longer, but you know, the man, the man of the hour has got to go. Peace out. Yeah.